Welcome back to the Metal Exchange. Justin and Chris here with you for another week, and today we do Soilworks figure number five, one of the uh, quintessential melodic death metal albums of the early 2000s. But before we get there, Chris, how are you, bud? Good. How about you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I am very excited to talk about this album. I have a couple of stories that I want to share, but before we get to it, uh, I understand that there's a band that's... Uh, it seems like they've reformed that I know that you want to talk about. I know you're very excited. Yeah. So I just found out this morning that um, the UK based band Eden's Curse has um, reunited after a couple of years ago um, saying that they were calling it quits. Uh, the band is um, led by uh, Paul Logue. Um, I do not know who's going to be in this lineup. They haven't announced anything yet, but um, I, I guess uh, I'll post a song one of my favorite songs from them during the week, um, just so you can understand why I'm excited to hear they're getting back together. But um, they're definitely a really solid, just melodic, hard rock slash metal band. Very, uh, very good melodies, really catchy stuff. So uh, really looking forward to them getting back together. Yeah, it, it, you know, in that same vein, I got some uh, news for you. I'm going to just read a, a lineup of, of um, artists that are on an album that's coming out in March. And I think that you're going to be very excited. Um, I, I think you're familiar with Marius Danielson. He, he had created um, a couple of albums called The Legend of Valley Doom. And on each of them, he had a wide array of uh, guest singers and, and guitarists and whatnot. And it's basically, I guess you'd consider it like a real power metal, um, almost of an Avantasia type thing where he just brings in all these guys together. And I, I know that we've discussed off the air their first two albums. Have you seen who's on the new one? I have. I'm I'm actually friends with Marius on Facebook, and um, so I've been seeing his posts, and this lineup that he's put together is is really pretty amazing. I heard that. Just, uh, I heard he tried to get Tobias Samet, speaking of Avantasia, he asked Tobias uh, to be on the album, but um, I, he he said no for whatever reason. But um, I mean, notwithstanding, the rest of the lineup is is pretty darn impressive yeah i guess it won't be a surprise to you but for everybody else out there i'm just going to name a couple of these uh vocalists just so you have an idea as to the scope of this thing ralph sheepers daniel hyman from lost horizon who has been on his other albums and he's one of my favorite vocalists uh rip rowans olaf Hayer, herbie langens melissa bonnie who we've discussed here uh, a bunch of times alessia garavello who's i know one of your absolute favorites from power quest uh matthias blad from falconer uh, Alessandro Conti, Tommy Johansson, uh, Joni, uh, Jonas Highgard from Dragonland, who, who we're both very big fans of. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I, I, I really can't wait for this thing. Uh, and it looks like it's coming out on March 19th. So I'm, yeah, I'm that, very excited is, about that. This is like a who's who of some of my all-time favorite vocalists. And uh, Elisa Martin, formerly of Dark Moor, uh, also is going to be on there as well. And um, did you mention Alessandro Conti as well? From I, I did, and and that I guess, and, and and no disrespect to him because I love him just the same. But like, it almost gets lost in the shuffle when you just hear the 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 the, the quantity and quality of the musicians that are appearing. And that's just the vocalists. I didn't even get into the musicians uh, that also appear. So that should tell you something. Yeah, the first two albums were really good. Um, there was a track that they did with. Um, it was almost like the power metal dream combo vocalists of, of Michael Kisk and Daniel Hyman together, which was like insane. So yeah, we're going to post that track during the week just because of, uh, 
if you haven't heard it, you're 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 missing out. And if you have heard it, you should hear it again. <laughs> That's how good it is. Um, so definitely, definitely, uh, we'll post that and have you guys check that out. Uh, anything else you've been listening to? Yeah. So lately, I haven't um, been recommending anything because I was so busy catching up on stuff from 2020 that I uh, may have missed, and I wanted to really be prepared for our, our best of 2020 podcast. But now that I'm back, checking out. Um, some new releases. Uh, I haven't gotten a chance to listen. The two new albums came out this week. Um, Need and Dragony both came out with new albums. I haven't had a chance to listen to them yet, but those are my first two albums of 2021 that I have to listen to. But I have been keeping my eye out on a lot of singles that have been dropped. Um, it's pretty amazing how many songs have come out in just two and a half weeks of, of this year so far. Um, I first want to mention... The uh, the band Calidia, um, they have a new song. They're they're re-recording their original first album, Lies Device, and they released uh, they re-released two tracks so far before the album has been um, released proper. And this track, The Lost Mariner, I cannot stop listening to that song. Um, what a just fantastic song! I, I probably only listened to that first album once. Came out in twenty fourteen. Um, the new recordings sound really sharp. Um, so I think that's going to be really cool. They're from uh, Italy, by the way. Um, what else? Uh, Human Fortress has a greatest hits album coming out, but um, they're re-recording a lot of their older tracks. And um, so they have a new uh, single called The Grimoire. Um, that's also really good stuff. Uh, Temperance who I mentioned in my, uh, I think we both had them on our list for 2020. They're releasing an EP. They have an acoustic version of start another round that, um, has been put out as a single. Um, there's a couple of bands that you turned me on to. So I'll wait and see if you mention them. Um, but, uh, uh, what else do I have on the list? Voyager's got a new single. They do a cover of this boys in love. Uh, Metalite has a new single called The Virtual World, which is a really excellent song. At the Movies, which we discussed last week or two weeks ago, I forgot which, they re- they're starting to release uh, covers from 90s movies now. Their first set from last year was from 80s movies. They've re- already released two new songs on YouTube. Bloodbound has a new single called When Fate is Calling. There's just there's a lot going on. Uh, Orton Ogan just dropped you, a new single. I mean, you, I could go. You almost on. find that the beginning of the year is when they just get this dump of new music, and I think it's it, it's kind of slows down towards the late November, uh, you know, Christmas time and stuff like that. But January just picks up with uh, a force full of stuff, and I think that this spring is going to have a ton of new albums. Uh, just one that I want to mention, and I, I had mentioned this to you off air. Um, somebody had recommended this band for, for me, and I didn't know what to expect. What I was told was that it was melodic black metal, but with folk elements. And I really just didn't know what to expect. And, and here comes the, the hard part, announcing, I, I guess, what their name is. They're a band called Xanthacroid, okay? And they came out with a, a pair of albums back in 2017, uh, it's called Of Earth and Axon, Axe 1 and 2, two separate discs. And the real, I guess, um, proof for me was when I sent this to you. And to say that you are not a black metal fan, I think would be an understatement. But even you, I think, enjoyed this. 
and it's really what I just mentioned. It's 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 folky melodic black metal, and it's amazing. And I'm just hoping that these guys come up with something new, um, because like I said, these these albums came out three or four years ago now, and they're just fantastic. And uh, where are they from? Uh, the 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 black metal capital of the world, uh, Southern California, which is <laughs> bananas to me because. It's just not what I was expecting to hear from a band from Southern California, but they do it so well. Uh, I'm going to post something by them this week as well, just because it's it's something that more people need to hear. I, I really enjoyed this, and I immediately thought of my friend Caleb when I heard it because he's he likes black metal and he also likes you know symphonic music, and I pitched it to him as, um, have, did you ever want to hear Rhapsody do a black metal album? This is um, it. So, and he he wrote back and he's like, "This is the first new band I've really liked in a while. This is really good stuff." So he was he was impressed. I was impressed too. Definitely not my usual fare, but um, it, it's it's really catchy. It's really well done. the The orchestrations are awesome. The vocals aren't are, are I guess more accessible than you would expect from a black metal band. I. I I recommend this highly. This was really good stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. It was, it was, it was different enough that I just, I really, really enjoyed it. And like I said, I hope they come out with something new. Um, and unless you have anything else, I think we should get right into uh, figure number five. Yeah, I just named forty six bands that have come out with yeah. over this year, so I think we can move along. I think everyone can start doing their homework. But uh, the reason why I chose this. And obviously, when when I had selected this, I really didn't know that we were going to be doing a Children of Bodom album, um, you know, recently. But but I'll say this: I always thought that Children of Bodom was really just power metal with you know with 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 um, those different vocals, if you will, over the top. This is really the first, in my opinion, melodic death metal band that we're covering, and and I, I think it's fitting, at least for me, because it was one of, if not the very first, melodic death metal band that I heard. Um, going back to the early, I guess it was probably 2003, uh, a buddy of mine had sent me a couple of MP3s because at the time I was just a power guy and a prog guy. I, 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 I knew nothing of this world. And he sends me uh, a couple of tracks. He sends me, um, what does he send me? He sends me Hours Past in Exile by Dark, Tranqu- by Dark Tranquility off their 2002 release Damage Done. He sends me uh, an In Flames track Only for the Week off their 2000 release uh, Clayman. And he sends me Rejection Roll by Soilwork. And I was blown away uh, by just like the musicality of, of all of these bands. And, and we could do a, a long form episode on all of them, I'm sure. Uh, but I, I remember hearing enough that, you know, the vocals were definitely something that I had to get used to. But there was so much melody behind the tracks that I really did start to kind of fall for this stuff. So I went to Tower Records and the first two albums... Uh, that I bought were figure number five, which I thought was um, fitting. And, and for that reason, obviously, why we're doing it today. But I also bought um, their 2002 release, uh, Natural Born Chaos, which is the album that immediately precedes this. And and um, I think both of these albums really are actually a departure for Soil Work based on what they had been doing the five or seven years prior. Um, and I'm not even sure how familiar you are with, with, with their, you know, their the deep recesses of their back catalog, but they, they were a real, um, I don't even want to call them melodic. They were kind of a death metal band in the same vein of an at the gates or any of those, um, mid nineties, you know, Swedish, uh, quasi melodic death metal bands. But then they really changed focus with these two albums into a more, almost like an alternative slash new metal slash, 
melodic death metal sound that I, I, I had never heard before until, you know, like I said, I, I had gotten these discs. Um, and I, I guess that's the reason why I fell in love with it because it was just kind of different and something that I had never heard, at least back in 2003, when I was still listening to a ton of Halloween and Gamma Ray and stuff, you know, stuff like that. When did you first hear Soil Work? I believe you set, you suggested the song Rejection Roll um, probably after you had heard it. And, and that was my first. Um, so probably like 2003, 2004, 2005, somewhere in that vicinity. That would have been my uh, my intro to the band. I, I probably wasn't a big fan uh, at the time. I was still a little bit close-minded towards, um, you know, the the death vocals and and kind of that heavier style but um you know when they i believe the last time they came to the u or the last time they came to the u.s to play at the prog power usa festival i decided to really kind of take a, a a better listen and i ended up becoming a really big fan of the band and, and i made a point to see them live and i thought they were fantastic um so I kind of gave myself a little bit of a, you know, I kind of skimmed from the top. So I was listening to a lot of the songs that they were playing live at the time and trying to just get myself prepared for what I might actually hear at that show. But uh, since then, I have been keeping track of all their new releases, and I would definitely consider myself a fan of the band now. Yeah, and, and like I said, they, you know, they're they're it's a they're an interesting band, and we'll get we'll do a deep dive into the album in a second. But when you look at like. The, just the number of guys that have been in this band over the years, it's kind of no wonder that they've changed their sounds markedly from 1996 when they first started. Um, you're talking about a real progression here. I mean, they've had so many different artists uh, be, you know, be in the band and tour with the band and then leave the band for various reasons. Um, and maybe that's why they've kind of evolved so much. Again, going from that real death metal sound to here almost like a rap there's elements of rap, there's elements of new metal for sure, which is kind of timely because you're talking about the early 2000s. Um, and then, you know, onto the later stuff where they really kind of, uh, I, I guess, have matured. And, and, you know, we've discussed the new EP where they have a 16-minute track on there. They've really um, changed their sound o- over the years, but kind of kept to that, you know, the, those, those heavy riffs, the, the um, you know, uh, Bjorn Street's vocals, which I think, and we'll get to that in a second, just, you know, one of the true highlights of this band that kind of sets them apart from other melodic death metal bands, uh, at least to me. Right. And I like that you mentioned that um, it was more, it kind of was following that alternative metal, new metal style, because um, when I was listening to this album, I thought to myself, like I could have seen this being played on the radio around this time. Like, I feel like it would have been, Maybe it the wasn't vocal. that far away from like a Lincoln Park or a Limp Bizkit, which is I yeah. mean, I, I never yeah. listened to that stuff. But there I was, can hear the similarities. If there was a like a, a liquid metal like style radio station like XM uh, Sirius has now, this which I'm all over it. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm pretty sure that they play soil work now anyway. But but if at the time and you know 2003, I don't know if this would have made like FM radio because I just don't I didn't see a lot of bands with death vocals on. FM radio, but um, the the music itself is very uh, is very melodic and and accessible. I think to you know uh, somebody who wouldn't normally listen to death metal. I I completely agree. I think that the most accessible track is probably Rejection Roll, despite the fact that it has the, the contrasting vocals, as do 
almost all the tracks on the album, but it just has that really melodic chorus that you find yourself singing to yourself. I think for, 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 at least for me, for years after the fact, and for a long time, it was actually my favorite soil work song until I kind of expanded and heard other things. Uh, but it, it hits you right away. And, and what I think I actually liked about the album is, you know, every song on the album is under five minutes. And normally I, I listen to stuff that's a little more progressive and you hear a lot more uh, time changes and stuff like that. But with this album, and I guess a lot of melodic death metal, I like the fact that it's in, it's out, and it's on to the next track. And it really just kind of, there's no wasted, you know, songs on this. It's just in, out, and on to the next one. But they're all catchy in their own way. And and what I think I actually noticed more about this time listening to it was, I guess in the past, I had always kind of, a lot of the songs blended into one another, I thought. But there's actually a lot of distinction between all of these tracks. And it's something that I think I appreciate now that I may not have appreciated 15 years ago. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I found the same listening to it. I actually listened to this album six times this week. Um, no kidding. Yeah, I just really wanted to to really get a feel for it and, and really try to see if it really like just hit me harder than maybe it did when I listened to it years ago. Um, but yeah, I listened to it pretty much every day this week except for yesterday so nice um what what was the highlight for you and, and i don't mean in terms of a track just was what, what what stood out was it was it the was it the guitar riffs which i think are shredding was it the keyboard samples over it what, what exactly was it all of it i think that the total package uh you know copyright lex luger um <laughs> it, it's all there like the guitar work is fantastic i like i, I was reading that um this album um is the first time that their keyboard player Sven Carlson uh, was attempting at songwriting. So I guess there was more of a keyboard appeal going on in this album, which is definitely noticeable. I love Bjorn's uh, ability to sing both death vocals and clean vocals really well on both ends of the coin. Um, I just thought everything, it all came together for a really strong album, you know, altogether. Uh, and I'm happy you you mentioned Sven Carlson's keyboards. You know he he's actually one of the only two, him and Bjorn the singer are the only two guys that were recording on this album that are still in the band because I, I told you they've gone through just a number of of lineup changes over the years. But right now the only two guys are the vocalist and the keyboard player, which I found kind of interesting because a lot of people think that they're known for their like you know guitar riffs, which is which is understandable. But they've just had so many guitarists over time that it's. A little surprising that there's only two left. Uh, you know, I'll say this. If I had to pick a favorite riff on the album, if you listen to Brickwalker, I think that that is like one of the quintessential soil work tracks and maybe one of their most underrated tracks altogether. That was the one that was really just staying in my head for days on end after I you know, heard this. I listened to it, I guess, for the first time um, earlier this week. And I, I listened to it a bunch too. But that was the song I found myself singing like hours after I listened to it. I, you know, it's funny. I found an interesting factoid that is kind of cool that um, around the time this album is released, Soilwork was touring with Children of Bodom, who we uh, talked about last week um, or two weeks ago. Um, uh, they, after they recorded this album, they uh, went on tour with Children of Bodom and Shadows Fall uh, in Europe through April and May. So there's a little connection there. Uh, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, so yeah, like I, I really enjoyed this. I'm glad that you chose this. Um, I'm going to tell you my, my favorite song, my track of the week, um, was departure plan. Where you your last 
I liked the. I felt that it was uh, probably one of the the most melodic al- songs on the album. Um, there's a little bit more of the clean vocals, which I really enjoy. Um, it was just a super catchy song. That was my choice. I enjoyed that song quite a bit. It's funny because it's now uh, you know between this and and the uh, the children of Bodom, you you picking one of those tracks in the middle. That's really just a no pun intended a departure from the rest of the album i, I find that interesting it's like you too you're, you're consistent if nothing else but no it's a great track I, I totally agree with you i'm gonna just give you mine now just because i was talking about it i i thought brick walker was just absolutely phenomenal and and um different i just the riff is just fantastic and the chorus stuck stuck with me so uh i'm gonna i'm gonna go with brick walker but um Were there any other tracks that you that you particularly enjoyed? Uh, yes, I um I'm also marked uh, Distortion Sleep and Downfall 24 as my other two uh the songs that I enjoyed the most. And I think again like I think it's just the songs that have the mo- the catchiest melodies or the ones that really suck me in. So um those definitely yeah. are the, those would be my top 3. Uh, Downfall twenty four might have the best chorus on the album. I think that or Strangler have have the best chorus on the album, uh, at least to me. And, and I think it would be remiss not not to mention in, in greater detail um, Bjorn Street's vocals. I don't think you know if you listen to the early early Soil Work stuff. I don't think you appreciate how good of a vocalist he is because the production's a little bit raw and he's obviously a very good death metal you know singer but you don't realize how diverse he is until you at least in my mind start hearing this album because it's kind of like he does three vocal styles in one he obviously has uh you know those i, I guess like those harmonious vocals that where, where he's like singing these lovely choruses over you know awesome riffs and, and the cool keyboards in the i back. thought he sa- i thought he sounded like um just scott soto in certain Area, really, he would sing That's like that. Yeah, yeah, and, and you wouldn't expect the guy who can do these like guttural growls and then these high pitched screams—not not Rob Halford high pitched screams, but these screams on top of um, the growls and then just like the regular vocals. He's so multi talented that it's no wonder that he's doing it at the movies or or a band like that. But or, or obviously Night Flight Orchestra, which is, you know, his real, you know, I guess what he's spending a lot of his time on now. But it's just amazing that he can do all three of these seamlessly. And I think that that's part of what sets Soil Work apart from other melodic death metal bands. You know, I, I come across a lot of these bands and the growls are great, but the cleans leave something to be desired. Or the cleans are really good, but the growls are, are seem like they're almost forced. But he just does it all seamlessly and he can go from one style to the other without even like, 
it's like, it's just seamless how he's able to transition and he does it live too, which is probably the most remarkable thing of all. It's, it's easy to do it in a studio with pro tools, but when you, when you can go to all these different styles live and not miss a beat, that's the most, uh, impressive thing to me about the whole thing. Well, well, you know, I, I look at it like, um, when you think of a band like Scar Symmetry, after Christian Alvestam left the band, they had to get two vocalists to do one to do clean vocals and one to do harsh vocals. Um, That's right. I mean, it's, I mean, it's hard enough to sing one type of music very well. And for somebody to be able to do the job of two different people and, and at the, at the level that Bjorn does it, uh, you know, it just goes to show you like uh, he's doing what other bands need two people to do by himself. A hundred percent. And, and, you know, like I said, if, if you, if you enjoyed or I should say, if, you, if you've never heard figure number five, I think it's well worth the 45 minutes to listen to it. I've always kind of, and maybe it's because I bought them together, but I've always kind of had this as like a, a companion piece to Natural Born Chaos from the year before, because they are very, very similar sounding. Uh, those two albums are are uh, a little bit polarizing. I think that the old, old fans of the band didn't really like this change to the kind of more alternative sound. But by the same token, I think that anybody would recognize that um, it was a really, really interesting take on what kind of music was coming out at the time, like we've like we've discussed. And then from there, they've they've obviously evolved a number of times. Um, wh- where would you rank this in terms of your overall favorite Soil Work album? You know, having listened to it as much as you have now. You know, to be honest with you, I don't know Soil Works other albums well enough to to really answer that question. Um, okay. I I really enjoyed their most recent full full length release of Verk Light a ten. Uh, you know, I just butchered that, but um, <laughs> I like their I like their new stuff. I think it's really polished. The production's really strong. Um, I I can't. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I know like any of their other albums like as well as I know figure number five now after listening to it so many times and their most recent release. Um, so I, I can't really answer that question, but I'd be curious to know what your answer would be. It's funny because for a long time, it, it was this in natural born chaos, but in 2013, they came out with a double album called the living infinite. And I, I was simply blown away by that effort. I thought it was just so good because I thought the songwriting was just uh, a step above anything that they had done previously. So to me, that was always the album that stands out. But I, I also recognize that this was kind of my first love for Soil Work. So when I went back and listened to it, I forgot how much I love this older sound. So I guess it really depends on what day you're asking me. If you would have asked me a week ago, I would have said The Living Infinite. Now I'm not so sure because I just, I really enjoyed kind of going back and revisiting this stuff. Yeah, you had mentioned Natural Born Chaos, and I just wanted to mention that um, when I was getting into soil work, getting prepared to see them at Prague Power, the, the first track, Follow the Hollow, was one of the ones that really stuck out to me. I really enjoyed that track, so um, I was just looking at the the list of songs from that that yeah, that, that and out, that and as we speak, I think are two of the uh, standout. I mean, and again, not, we could always do a deep dive into Natural Born Chaos, but those two songs that kind of start the album out really set the tone for that album, and it just flows seamlessly into Rejection Roll and the rest of this album. It's 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 quality stuff. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because I was never a big fan of of you know rap or what I'm calling rap like vocals, but you know, I hear some of this stuff on like Like the Torch, and I say to myself, man, this is. This is really good stuff. And and like I said, I, do, I guess it's just a, a testament to Bjorn's uh, ability to transition seamlessly from, from one style to the next. 
Uh, if you had to rate the album, what are you giving this? Uh, much like Children of Bodom, um, again, like it's not my number one choice for uh, genre, but um, overall, I thought it was a really very like a re- an excellent album uh, for something outside, you know, my area. So for me, it's another uh, really solid eight point oh. Nice. I, I happen to agree with you. Um, definitely encourage you to listen to Natural Born Chaos as well. I think you'll find that that entire album is a nice uh, companion, as I said. And then from there, they've they've evolved. And, you know, certain albums I've liked better than others. Um, I think that if you ask uh, different people, you'll get different answers. I know some people that just love the Panic broadcast, um, the Ride Majestic. I mean, they've, you know, they've really just kind of been all over the map. And, and the new EP is probably their most experimental uh, piece to date. But this was definitely a, 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 a nice visit back. And I'll say this, if you've never heard, you know, like kind of the, the old, old soil work sound, check it out. It's, de- it's different. And, and it doesn't really, I guess, display Bjorn's uh, vocal prowess quite as much. But if you've never heard like the chain heart machine, it's, it's, it's definitely worth a listen because it's just something um, you can see the evolution there, not only in terms of the songwriting, but just in terms of the way that 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 whole scene evolved from the mid '90s up into what you hear today. I would do. I would like to do that. It's funny you mention it because I'm, I'm looking through my list of albums here on on my iTunes, and I don't think I've ever listened to anything from their first album. So I would be curious to. I was actually kind of surprised that they went as far back as they do into back into 1998 their first album came out. So they've been around. Oh yeah. They, I mean, they, they've started in 96, but the album started um, long before that. And, you know, once in a while you go out on, you know, when you see them on tour, I, I, I most recently saw them on 70,000, 70,000 tons of metal. They played two sets and they broke out a uh, bastard chain from a predator's portrait, which I totally wasn't expecting. And it was uh, nice to see that just because it was something that I had never, ever seen live. And, you know, that's obviously one of their much older songs and, and stuff like that. Uh, they, they do mix it up. And, and, and at this point, their catalog is just so large that they really, um, you know, they, they, they kind of have the ability to just play whatever they want at this point. And I think that they have such a big fan base that they, it doesn't really matter what they play. You're going to get something or a number of tracks that you just love because it's, uh, you know, they, they have such a deep discography at this point. I do have two little anecdotes about uh, seeing soil work live that whenever I hear soil work or think of soil work, I think of these two things. Um, one, uh, my friend Amy, who uh, who listens to our show every week. So shout out to Amy. Um, she uh, like this is definitely not her style of music, but she was in the venue when they played at Prague Power. And the only thing that she took out of the show was that Bjorn kept spitting on the stage. And she was so disgusted by that, that uh, she, every time she sees soil work or, or hears soil work, she's like, Oh, like I just spit all over the stage. And uh, the other story um, I recall was um, our, our friend Pat uh, during this set, um, just walking right up to the stage and putting his arms up and just like making himself at home uh, and just uh, like, like he owned the place, you know, like, you know, that's, that's just how Pat is if you know him. And, and, uh, I just remember Glenn, Glenn Harveston, the promoter just, uh, coming up to him and screaming at him in the, in the middle of the set. Like, you you know, like you're not a sponsor for this band, get the hell out of here. And yeah, all I can see, not make himself at home uh, as usual. Yeah. All I could see was just 
Glenn screaming, but I couldn't hear a word of what Glenn was saying because the band was playing. So it was just soil work, guitar riffs and me watching Glenn harvest and scream. And, and then Pat just with, you know, the smug look of satisfaction that he always seems to have on his face. So, uh, <laughs> Those are those are my and two takeaways. After after, and I'm not even sure he knew what was being said to him, but the the expression, uh, I guess, was worth a thousand words. So it didn't really matter what was being said; it was pretty obvious as to what the uh, the implication was, which was get the f out of here. Yeah, I just remember he looked at me after Glenn walked away, and he just shrugged and went about his day. <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I remember that as well. It was uh, it was a good times. So I can't believe how many years ago that was now. Um, and I guess with that, that puts a bow on uh, figure number five, which is uh, definitely a, a nice trip down memory lane. It was released on April 22nd, 2003. So it'll be uh, celebrating its 18th anniversary very, very soon. Uh, and, and normally it would be your time and your your selection for next week. But somebody had come with a request. And I, I think it's not only timely, because this particular album is going to be celebrating its 20th anniversary in March. But it's also a real, I think it's going to lead to a pretty interesting discussion. Uh, Milton, friend of the show, had asked us to do uh, Zero Hours, The Towers of Avarice, which is a progressive metal band uh, from the United States. I-, I think that many people would argue that this is their best album, although I think that there's, it- it's an interesting album because it came out 20 years ago, but it was really, really different. Um, for the time. And it's an album that I think if it came out now, it may have even been more well-received because it was kind of ahead of its time. But uh, in order to uh, go back in time and really do a deep dive, I I actually went back and listened to it earlier this week. And I look forward to listening to it again next week. Um, I I think that we should uh, skip you for a week. I'm sorry about that, but I think we should uh, take the fan request and do uh, the Towers of Arrows next week. If that sounds good to you. Well, I think this is that point in the, in our, uh, partnership where I, we have to part ways. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I wasn't conferred on this. You're just dropping this bomb on me out of nowhere. So uh, this will be our final episode. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, it was actually a, a mutual conversation that we had with Milton earlier in the week. And this is kind of cool because um, I don't know this album at all. Um, and the only thing I really know about Zero Hour is they were one of the opening bands my first time attending Prague Power in, in 20, uh, 2002. And I don't even think I saw them play. If, if I did, I don't remember it. Um, it was a long time ago and I've had a lot of beer since then. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I do look, like, I always remember them as just being like the one of the two bands that were playing on that lineup that I had never heard of along with Reading Zero. Um, so, I mean, even to this day, I just never really stopped and, and gave him a shot. But I definitely noticed over the years seeing people wearing like zero hour shirts and stuff like that at Prague Power. And I'm like, well, I guess this band isn't just a bunch of, you know, Prague Power three jobbers. Maybe they're worth listening to. So <laughs> Yeah, they, they, they have like a bit of an underground following. And I've actually seen uh, people wearing their shirts at like Dream Theater shows and stuff like that. And I guess it's not... Uh terribly surprising given given um, the style of music that they play. But it, I think it's going to lead to an interesting conversation because kind of how certain songs, like certain soil work stuff may not be in your wheelhouse. This may go in the other direction where it's just so progressive that you may, um, you may not love it. But at the same time, I think you'll appreciate it. Maybe I'll be wrong, but that's just my guess. Um, but we'll uh, we'll do that next week. We'll give everyone a, a taste of uh, you know early early two thousand progressive metal in the Towers of Avarice. Yeah, and it'll give me an extra week to decide what I want to choose for the following episode because I really 
hadn't come up with like something that really uh, just struck me as, as something we need to do next. So um, it'll be good to have a little extra time. Sounds good. And if anybody else has any requests, hit us up. We'd be happy to take, uh, take those requests. Uh, we'd appreciate any likes or follows on uh, any of our social media platforms or a five-star review if you think we deserve it. Uh, that stuff helps other people find the show, and that is uh, really, really important to us, and we appreciate uh, we appreciate the support. Same. Uh, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, just thanks to everybody, and, and uh, we hope you're enjoying what we've been doing. Very good. Uh, and then until uh, until next week when we do the Towers of Arrows, have a good one, Chris. Take All right, take care, buddy. So it's true, we close the deal down for